When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. fans, are you ready to Brave the Wild? With me, your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awajan. Brave the Wild is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, PodMN, Spotify, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, Audible, Stitcher, and Double Twist. It is a great pleasure to be on board with you once again today. And the Minnesota Wild continued their winning streak and finished 3-0 during the course of this past week. So the strong play and the winning streak continues. The Minnesota Wild continue to be able to match the teams, <laughs> match their every move, so to speak. No matter what happens, situations where you blow a three-goal lead, you still find a way to win against the Toronto Maple Leafs, who were one of the few teams in the NHL with a better record. We'll get to about the record here in a second. And then you get past Edmonton Oilers in Edmonton in very impressive fashion. Cam Talbot was absolutely ridiculous. And the Minnesota Wild stopped every power play by Edmonton, the number one power play in the National Hockey League. We'll get back to that in a second as well. Absolutely crazy how this team just seems to find a way to win one way or another. It's a different hero every night, so to speak, or occasionally it is the same hero when Kaprizov is dominating during the course of a week or two time. Uh, Minnesota, obviously, building some, building a gap between Colorado, St. Louis, teams like that, and actually passes Calgary to become the first place team in the Western Conference. But, very importantly, I want to <laughs> put this out for everybody. It is December. So all of you posting images of the standings on, you know, Minnesota Wild Global, Minnesota Wild Nation, and all Minnesota Wild exclamation point, you know, whatever the heck, you know, all these other Facebook pages. Pump your brakes a little bit. Pump your brakes a little bit. Remember when Bruce Boudreaux first got here, we were hanging around first place and all that the entire season, and then we lost in five games. This is a completely different team. I recognize that. Completely different team, completely different locker room, completely different general manager and coach and everything like that. But again, again, let's get back to also, if we win the President's Trophy, which sounds crazy, but if we do, because it, it could happen, <laughs> it could, not that many President's Trophy teams win the Stanley Cup, unfortunately, either. Remember Nashville, remember the Chicago Blackhawks, the year that we were, you know, number two in the whole league. We both got knocked out in the first round that year. Wasn't that ridiculous? Nashville 
That was the funny part. Nashville knocked off Chicago. as like they were the eighth seed knocking off Chicago. The next year, they were the President's Trophy team, and they got knocked out in the first round. So it's like, well, you know. So uh, funny things happen to teams with President's Trophies. Uh, Tampa Bay was absolutely ridiculous years back, about three years ago now, and they got knocked out by the Columbus Blue Jackets. So all different kinds of factors to think about. I, I want to be playing this way in May and June. We're here to bleeping win, right? Right? Spurgy? Hard work and having fun. that. This is about winning. Yeah, I mean, when Bill Guerin said that, it wasn't about just winning in the regular season, though. It's nice to win in the regular season. Of course, you have to be able to win a certain amount to get into the postseason, and it'd be nice to have a good seed and everything. But we're here to win-win, like win everything, like the cup. That's that's the goal. The goal is to win the Stanley Cup, regardless if maybe, oh, your expectations are too high, it's too early. I don't care. Go go ahead and win it. If, if you're in position to win it, then damn win it. <laughs> go, go get it. And, I'm, and I can imagine Bill Guerin saying that. If we're in position to win it, then go for it, baby. Uh, do I want Bill Guerin to shake up the locker room and make a huge trade and trade away a lot of pieces? Actually, I don't want that. Unless it's the right move, so to speak. And I don't think he's going to tear apart the chemistry of a locker room that's fantastic right now. If he does make a move, I don't think he would go in that direction where he'd rip everything apart. Kind of like Chuck Fletcher did years ago. Trading for Martin Hansel, which completely destroyed a very good hockey team. That was that year with the St. Louis Blues and everything. Getting beat by Mike Yo. <sighs> who is now a head coach again. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Mike Yo, head coach again. Bruce Boudreau, head coach again. Congratulations, guys. Uh, even if it's interim for Yo, we'll see what happens. Um, but uh, Mike Yo, at least two more years in the National Hockey League, at least maybe five more or ten more. Who who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? But of course, now we'll miss Bruce Boudreau on NHL Network, I'm sure. I, I know I will, and I'm sure others will. Minnesota Wild defeated the New Jersey Devils on November the 2nd, 5-2 to two, in fairly solid fashion. Kirill Kaprizov once again showed up to play and looked absolutely great. He put in an absolutely sick goal uh, just kind of flipping the puck and he did the same thing against Toronto in the shootout. We'll get to that in a minute. I keep jumping ahead and I apologize. Kaprizov and Ryan Hartman though, both getting three points in the game. Both a plus four with Matt Zuccarello. That line has just been absolutely ridiculous. Uh, they were the uh, they were the offense in that night. They were the straw that stirred the drink uh, Mackenzie Blackwood got absolutely, you know, <laughs> he got absolutely peppered throughout the whole night. And it was really, really something. 38 shots on goal against Mackenzie Blackwood. The Minnesota Wild win 5-2. to 5-2. Two. to two. All goals were against Mackenzie Blackwood. There was no, <clears throat> pardon me, there was no uh, empty net goal. Ryan Hartman already 32, uh, 13 goals in the year. We might be talking about 30 goals. Let's look at projections for fun since we're seeing how great Ryan Hartman and Kirill Kaprizov are playing right now. Kirill Kaprizov, if the season uh, went up to 82 games, Kirill Kaprizov plays every game, so to speak. 30 goals, 69 assists, 98 points, and a plus 36 on the season. It's pretty crazy. So that's where he's projected, of course. You know, And when guys miss games, so to speak, it projects the amount of games they might miss on average after that. This is ESPN, so you could, anybody can do this, but it's still cool to look at. Ryan Harmon's on pace for 43 goals. 43 goals. I don't know if that's going to happen. Hello, Mr. <laughs> Was it William Carlson? Yeah, William Carlson, not Eric of the Vegas Golden Knights in their first season. 43 goals, 26 assists, 69 points, 
plus 69. What? This isn't the Edmonton Oilers or anything, is it? The 80s Oilers, anyway. Current Oilers team's pretty good, too, but they're not on par with that club. Nobody is on par with that team. <laughs> Marcus Foligno, I think he's on pace for a career high. Yeah, 56 points, 36 goals for Foligno. He's been putting the puck in the net. Some of them are empty netters, but some of them are absolutely great. Like against the uh, Edmonton Oilers. That guy is really something. He's having a great season. I'm kind of bouncing all around, and I apologize, but a nice, fun night. Nice to see Brent Pitlick get his fifth goal of the year. Caprice up three points. He had a five-point week. Julie Erickson-Eck would have two multi-point games after this. He didn't score anything in this one with the multiple shots on goal. He certainly has improved in the face-off circle, though. Uh, it seems like every night he's above 500, so to speak, in the face-off circle. I mean, even Bukestad. Look at the difference in the face-offs. I mean, that's a big reason why this team is better, too. One of those little things you think about, but it's like, well, puck possession, right? It helps. 11-9 uh, to nine in the face-offs in uh, Jules Eriksson-Ack. Nico Sturm, 6-1. to one. Nick Bukestad, 6-1. to one. Wow, how about them fourth-liners over there? Those German fourth-liners. <laughs> Freaking awesome. <laughs> Good job, guys. Uh, the Bohemian line, right? That's what they should probably call that. Though Duhaime sounds more flanché. Fonze, I'm sure it is. <laughs> Brendan Duhaime. <laughs> he hasn't scored in a long, long time, unfortunately. But that's how that goes sometimes. Um, it it kind of is what it is. But we appreciate what he brings one way or another. Brings the energy and such. You, you know the points are going to start happening again. Generally speaking. But again, don't obsess. Again, I'm, I'm not bashing you out there. But... <laughs> Just settle down a little bit. Stop posting images out there. Oh, I can't stop looking at this. I can't stop looking at this. It's don't you don't 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 do it. Just don't do it. Okay. <laughs> I don't think it's worth it. You know. I want to see the standings at the end of the season, and you know, at the end of the season, early May, so to speak. But I also want to see the wild winning in the postseason. Um, so, you know, so many years we'd have these great runs, like when we got Devin Dubnik and such. And then, you know, and then things just didn't didn't work out in the end. It was so de depressing. Like, we get, we get past St. Louis the year we got Devin Dermick. We beat St. Louis in six games, solid fashion. We beat St. Louis Blues. And then and then it's 3 nothing Chicago, like, five minutes into the game. And it's like, oh, come on. It was beyond depressing, and we ended up getting swept in that series. So I'm not saying that's going to happen. I don't think this team is going to collapse like that. But let's not. Here we go. Let's let us let us not go crazy here in December about the record necessarily. It's fun, it's exciting, enjoy it, but don't overdo it. That's just my advice. I know I'm going a little too far sometimes. But again, nice solid win against the New Jersey Devils, where uh Lindy Ruff is coaching again. Good for him. Toronto Maple Leafs one of the epic games of the season here. And of course, everybody excited about this one. Hey, maybe this will be the cup final. And I was kind of teasing about that last time around. Maybe it will be. <laughs> maybe it will be. Toronto looks damn good. Minnesota Wild opened up 3 nothing on Jack Campbell, which surprised the heck out of us. And then Toronto came roaring back and tied the sucker up. Both clubs getting 40-plus goals. Uh, excuse me, shots on goal. 82 shots on goal in the game. 40 for the Wild, 42 for the Toronto Maple Leafs, who had a fantastic run during the course of the second period. And in many cases, the Minnesota Wild would have probably collapsed and lost many times, um, many times in the past. But the Wild, the stick to as they call it, if that's a word. I, I, th I think it is nowadays. It's an invented word by us sports media people, so to speak. The stick to 
of the Minnesota Wild versus this, this Toronto team was a sight to behold. Uh, this team is much more mentally tough than the teams of the past. Again, like the 17 Wild that had that fantastic freaking record. Remember that big winning streak? Was it 12 games in a row? And then we got beat by Columbus, who won their 13th or 14th in a row at the same time, which was really annoying <laughs> on New Year's Eve. And the Wild had yet another New Year's Eve night loss uh, in that case. And things weren't really the same after that, which was annoying. We stayed good, but it kept gradually getting worse. And then Devin Dubnik dropped off majorly in March into April. Again, more reason to not overplay Cam Talbot. Nice to know we have a very competent backup in Capo Kakadin, who again was in net against New Jersey and was pretty good. Julia Chinek would get a couple of assists versus the Toronto Leafs. Marcus Foligno with a big-time goal, which had us all just jumping out of our seats the, uh, from Julia Chinek. Matt Zuccarillo is finally putting the puck on net. Matt's Zuccarillo, and we get the power play. We mean the Minnesota Wild. Jonas Burdine and Kirill Kaprizov assisting on that one. It was just a nice setup, and again, good release by Matt Zuccarillo, and it also helped having the defender <laughs> putting his skate in the right place in the right spot to deflect the puck into the net, but that's part of the game, baby. That's part of the game. It's funny. It looked like Zuccarillo actually was trying to get the puck to Kaprizov, who would have been kind of kind of open, depending on how distracted the defender was. Kaprizov might have had a, a, a quick one-timer right by the net there, which is, again, hard to believe, but it's possible. We saw what the Vikings did with Detroit, right? They left a wide receiver wide open in the end zone. That was great to lose the game. Yeah, but uh, Greenway also opening things up late in the first period to put the Wild up one nothing, I was like, really? Is this going to be a low-scoring game versus Toronto? It can't be. And ended up not being that low-scoring. 4-3 is pretty standard, I would say, for two very good offenses. Which, again, Minnesota, very good offense. That was an oxymoron years ago, but it sure is now. It sure is. Very impressive. Epic game versus the Toronto Maple Leafs. And, again, the stick-to-itiveness of this club was absolutely a sight to behold. Absolutely. I think I just bumped something. Oh, it didn't. It didn't move. I thought I just messed everything up and lost where I was, which would have been disappointing, to say the least. Where is... Yep. Jewel Erickson-Eck, 500. So the face-offs, not so great against Toronto, but when you consider who's on the other side. I mean, John Tavares, 17-6 to six in the face-offs. I know it's like you don't want to just go up and down this and up and down that and look at... Random stats, but uh, Victor Rask eight to eight to two in the faceoffs win, uh, faceoff wins, which is pretty cool. And it's important winning the faceoff is important. It's wild. Last year couldn't win a faceoff to save our lives. Yeah, we still had an okay season, got into the playoffs, and you know it was it was a fun year last year. Went to seven games versus Vegas. It was fun, but it didn't end. It didn't end great, unfortunately. It was just it was a. It was, it was a classic seventh game loss for a team that was not as good as the other team, basically. It was one of those kind of deals, like the North Stars losing to Detroit circa 91-92, way back in the day. Yes, the North Stars wearing those black jerseys in Detroit, Michigan, back in the day when Detroit was just getting started, becoming a division champion type team, and eventually becoming a Stanley Cup contender for years to come after that. A lot of people would say this is one of the funnest games of the week here. 4-1 to one over Edmonton. Again, what the Wild did to the penalty kill, or power play, pardon me, of the Edmonton Oilers was a- unbelievable in the game. Uh, it was absolutely crazy. 
Edmonton couldn't get any power plays going. And it you felt like a million bucks. I guess it was 0 for 5. They made it, some, somebody made it sound like 0 for 9 for Edmonton, but no, 0 for 5. The Wild were able to stop five power plays. Cam Talbot is the best penalty killer. You know, like they say, the goaltender is the best penalty killer on the team. And that's true. And Minnesota, again, Cam Talbot had an absolutely awesome game. As the youngsters might say, a sick game. And yes, I would say that very much so. 4-1 victory for Minnesota. Miko Koskinen, that's the one thing they say. Uh, I, I would agree with anybody that would say Miko Koskinen is one of, is the weakness of the Edmonton Oilers. Of, of course he is, even though he's had an okay season. Mike Smith is adequate, but he keeps getting hurt now, and he's heck, he's older than Devin Dubnik. He's older than Devin Dubnik, so what does that tell you? Cam Talbot facing 39 shots, and again, five power plays against the number one power play in the league, and two the two best players in the league on the same roster. Leon Dreisaitl, and yes, it is nice to hear some people saying Leon Dreisaitl is the best player in the league, and I agree. I agree, Dreisaitl is actually the best player in the NHL right now. Connor McDavid's right there, though, and again, he was super frustrated throughout the night, did get his one assist, <laughs> and, uh, oh boy, I always have a hard time with this one. Let's just call him JJP. <laughs> Pula Harvey, I think it's how you uh, Pula Harvey, Pula Harvey, I, I think I got it. Maybe. <laughs> I've had a hard time with that name forever. Yep. Um, he was able to score the goal and get Edmonton kind of in the, in the mix there. And it's like, uh oh, it's two to one. It's the two goal lead. We all know that's the, the worst lead in the, in the, it's the most dangerous lead in the, NHL, and guess what? Well, the Wild end up winning anyway. We, we're the team that scored two goals, not Edmonton and the Wild. Win 4-1, to one, which felt great. No empty netters in this one. either. all earned. Felino just keeps putting the puck in the net. Wonder with two goals in, in two games here with Toronto and Edmonton. Drew Lyric's a neck. Multi-point game here, a goal and an assist. Nice, actually a very, very nice goal in this case. But the goal that led to, where was it? Marcus Foligno's, huh, the, 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 the assist and the play that led to uh, Marcus Foligno's goal. That whole play was just awesome. Uh, Drew Larkson X skating up into the neutral zone and the nice movie made around the defender. That was just uh, incredible stick handling, I'd have to say. It was uh, it was great. And then the, the pass up to Matt Dumba, who had this quick release on his pass. And Marcus Foligno, a beautiful uh, wrister. That was the play of the night, I'd have to say, throughout the entire game here. It truly was. I mean, Drew Mitra Kulikov, I'm not sure why certain people don't like him. I know Isha Jerome of the Soda Pod doesn't like him. He said, get him the hell out of here. Is he that bad? I think he's having a good year. I don't know. So it's kind of a mixed opinion with Dmitry Kulikov, it seems like. Some people love him, some people hate him. I'd say I like him. Maybe not love, but I do like him. I think he's having a good year. So I'm not sure where the hate's coming from in that one. I understand. Uh... So, <laughs> it is what it is. Maybe we need to have more of that Lupulin. <laughs> Maybe we need to have more of that Lupulin uh, chocolate peanut butter porter. A, uh, a state of hoppy? Yep, <laughs> it's, it's good stuff. It really is Lupulin. I should get them as a sponsor, but no, I don't know, I don't know who would sponsor me. I don't know. Nobody likes me, right? <laughs> I'm just kidding. <sighs> but, yeah, I'm just another night where the Minnesota Wilds showed up to play, and they showed up to win and again stopping five power plays against the number one power play in the league when we've been one of the worst penalty killers in the league it makes you feel like a million bucks when you're able to accomplish that type of thing it is uh it's a huge deal huge freaking deal 
So generally speaking, we talked about Kaprizov, we talked about the win streak. Uh, Fiala made an awesome move in this game, and he's made multiple good moves throughout the games, but this one especially, just the way he just skated around people. It was a two-on-one, and he made it a one-on-one with the goalie, did Fiala. But a great save by Koskinen, and switch figures. Because again, Koskinen's a mediocre goalie, but he made a great save on Kevin Fiala. And again, it's just, your heart goes out to the guy, because he's giving it everything he's got. One of these days, he's going to score like... You know, he's going to have a hat trick one of these days. I got to think. I just hope it's for us and not for, like, uh, Vancouver or something. Maybe Bruce Boudreaux will get Kevin Fiala. I still remember Fiala was actually pretty sad when Bruce Boudreaux left. But, well, him and uh, him and his replacement uh, have gotten along and have not gotten along. Again, Dean Evison, of course. <laughs> They've had their moments. They did in Milwaukee, and they had their good and bad moments here in Minnesota as well. I better get moving on to some of these other topics. Uh, again, Boudreaux to Vancouver. Mike Yo to Philadelphia. Again, Mike Yo, of course, was an assistant in Philadelphia. He becomes the interim coach. Good luck to him and hoping for the, the best for him. I have nothing against him. I wouldn't want him as the head coach of the Wild, but just saying, just saying. Uh, again, and it figures with Chuck Fletcher. Some people believe that uh, both of them will be gone at the end of the year. Will be gone from the Philadelphia at the end of the year. Maybe Rick Tockett takes over or something at some point. Uh, a lot of people believe Rick Tockett could be the next coach of Philly because that's his. That's where he, that's his. That's his team. It, it it just is. Bruce Boudreaux in Vancouver. I think that could be a really good situation. Possibly. Uh, it just it was a toxic environment before. Things just were not working out. There's so much talent in Vancouver. There is. I mean, you know, Patterson, Quinn Hughes, Bo Horvat. Brock Besser, there's some talent over there, man. Uh, there's no reason why the Vancouver Canucks shouldn't be in the playoff mix. I gotta think they should be. Decent goaltending, decent goaltending, not great. And Boudreaux, entertaining guy, obviously, but a, a, a knowledgeable coach. I, I was kind of sad and scared when he got fired. I was like, well, well, then what's the vision? But I mean, okay, but it's like, wait a minute, Bill Graham's the GM. I, I think there's there's gotta be some kind of plan here. And, well, <laughs> there was, and it ended up being... Uh, better than we imagined. <laughs> you know, Dean Everson ended up being much better than we ever imagined. Bruce Boudreaux, again, though, good luck in Vancouver, hoping for the best. Talbot, yeah, I mean, he made the saves he needed to do time and time again versus the Edmonton Oilers, which was great. Another stat here that needs to be mentioned, going into Edmonton, the Minnesota Wild were 9-0 and when leading after two periods, and now they're 10-0 and when leading after two periods. Pretty freaking cool. That's a beautiful statistic. It's like I'd lost track of that. It's one of those numbers, one of those statistics that's really important. And that tells you this team is definitely different than the past. So, no, I don't think the Minnesota Wild are going to lose in five games to a St. Louis or a Colorado. I don't think so. But, again, Minnesota sports, we've been through hell in this town, folks. We saw a 15-1 football team fall apart versus an Atlanta Falcons club that was also really good, by the way, 14-2. and two. So I, I was scared to death going into that game because I knew Vancouver was or Atlanta was dangerous, and they had all the tools of a team that can F up your season in the postseason. You just never know in the, in the NHL. Funny stuff happens. There's this team of destiny that pops up out of nowhere. Maybe it's the Florida Panthers. Maybe it's the, maybe it's the St. Louis Blues again. Oh, God. But it could be. The St. Louis is pretty good. Uh, one other funny, a uh, couple other notes... I talked about again the uh, that that Felino goal. That was pretty cool. I really loved it. Caprizov uh, also a well-timed tip, basically to Kulikov in the center ice or neutral zone, we'll call it, was perfectly timed. It was a redirection type of a pass where it just 
the puck came to Kaprizov and he just tapped it towards Kulikov and he wound up scoring the goal. That was pretty cool. Uh, Kaprizov also was hit in the balls. Yeah, okay, I said it. He was hit in the nut cup, the, the jock, whatever you want to call it, by Drysdale with the stick. It was funny for a moment, to be quite honest. To be, <laughs> it must, that couldn't have been fun, though. Obviously, a, a stick going right in there. Ooh. Um, a friend, uh, Mike Holzer, shout out to you if you happen to be listening. I'm thinking he doesn't, but maybe he does. Lives in Idaho now. Grew up here, obviously, and lived most of his life in Minnesota. Lives in Idaho now, which must be cool because it's quiet and all that. Um, he thought it was a dirty play. I, I don't know. It didn't look that bad. It looked like just, you know, just kind of scuffling for the puck and such, and the stick was moving, and it went the wrong way, and stuff happens. <laughs> that kind of thing. <laughs> I don't know. So some of us immature guys find that kind of thing funny, and I guess I'm one of them. I apologize. I have an immature side. I mean, stuff like that happened in gym class all the time with uh, even one time a badminton racket. Can you believe that? And I got hit there with uh, a team. Uh, well, no, it wasn't a teammate. It was the other team. Me and my, you know, we're obviously scrimmaging basketball. Uh, Nate Lindholm was kind of falling out of bounds with the ball. Obviously, was making a save, basically, saving the ball, threw the ball off of me, like how that's how veteran players do. They throw the ball off of the defender, so it goes out of bounds off of them. Well, it went the wrong way, that kind of thing. So, yeah, there. Now I get to make fun of myself a little bit, too. And, of course, everybody had fun with that one for quite a long time. Yeah. <laughs> so that's how it goes. That's how it goes. So we can poke fun at ourselves, poke fun at Karulka Priestoff in that situation and others. Unfortunately, Kaprizov didn't play really well after that. I hope he's okay. I hope it wasn't too bad. But he was saying he's okay. He's nodding like, yeah, 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 I'm fine. But probably hurt like hell, I'm sure. Uh, the Mike Madonna Award winner, that's kind of a tough one. You know, you could say Talbot for the Edmonton game, Kaprizov in general. Again, another huge week with he of five points. Zuccarello shooting the puck now, and he had a nice, strong week. Felino was really good. Julius and Eck with four points this week. Man. I think I'm going to go with Cam Talbot because he really held on. You know, the the Toronto game, I mean, easily we could have lost that one. And again, five power plays versus Edmonton. I think Talbot is going to get the, uh, he's going to get a slight nod over the others. I mean, multiple guys could have gotten the uh, Mike Madonna award for this episode. But I'll, I'll give it to Talbot. Again, honorable mention to the obvious, you know, Jules Eriksson-Eck and Kirill Kaprizov for sure. Even Felino, honorable mention in a lot of ways. The James Shepard Memorial. I mean, I, I can't complain too much. DeHame hasn't been scoring anymore, which is sad. If I give it to him, it's the most gentle. It's the most gentle James Shepard Memorial ever. Maybe we'll just call it a a semi honorable mention. Like he's not even going to get it, but it's like he you know he hasn't been scoring lately. It's a little bummer, but he's still a factor out there. Just not as much of a factor lately. So, again, hasn't been getting assists either. So, despite the fact that uh, Bukestad and Sturm have been factors more so, I'd say he's been the quietest player lately. So, I guess I'll very gently give it to him. Um, I'm sure Isha Jerome would want me to give it to Kulikov every week (laughs) in in case he listens. I'm not sure if he does or not. But uh, at the end of the day, yeah, that's the direction I'll go. With that, we'll take a quick break, come back, and preview four games. Four games now. Schedule getting a little busier.
And we are back here on Brave the Wild, segment number two. Going to look at four teams here. I thought I had it ready. And I supposed to, dang it. So, yep, the Minnesota will play the Minnesota Wild. We'll play the San Jose Sharks in the Shark Tank tonight. Because I, I guess it's called the Shark Tank. It's the SAP Center, SAP Center. Yep, SAP. That's a nice uh, software that a lot of us... Yeah, yeah, we use that at Boston Scientific as well. SAP Center. Frederick Goudreau, of course, COVID protocol as well. Uh, at the moment, Jared Bro Jared Brodeen. Jared Spurgeon. I'm too excited. Uh, still kind of hanging on. Still hasn't played yet. And again, Jonas Bertini has been freaking awesome. Some of the moves that guy makes, his skating is unbelievable. He, his value is off the charts. I just love Jonas Bertini. Uh, but yeah, Spurgeon is very close though. He's been skating and such, so he's coming around. He's coming around. Sharks are... Since Let's look at the standings since that's all we care about, right? Now the Sharks have been been dropping off a little bit lately. They're down to 14 and 11, so their red-hot start, not quite the same. They're fifth place in the Pacific Division. Three and two, though, respectively, in their last five. Five to win over New Jersey. That sounds familiar. Five to two win over New Jersey, just like us. <laughs> New York Islanders, they can't beat anybody anymore, but again, they had like they got ravaged with the COVID situation, so it is what it is. It sucks. You know, COVID protocol is COVID protocol, and it, it can kill you sometimes. 2-1 to one victory over the uh, New York Islanders only managed two goals on them. Uh, but yeah, that's what kind of team they are. They're kind of like the Jacques Lemaire Wild in a way. 1-0 uh, loss against the New York Rangers the next night. Maybe a little tired battling with those New York Islanders, I guess. 6-4 demolition loss versus the Columbus Blue Jackets. Getting tired on the road trip. And they come home, they come home to host the Calgary Flames and beat them on the 7th. They beat the Calgary Flames. Wow, which probably helped the Minnesota Wild move up into first place in the Western Conference. Again, since we're looking at stuff like that every 10 minutes. Uh, the season series will be wrapped up on my wife's birthday. April 17th. You will not, I will not tell you how old she is. <laughs> yeah, I can tell you how, how old I am. 42. Okay. So that's okay. Wild are now third in goals. Sharks are 20th. Goals against were both kind of in the middle, 16th and 13th respectively. Sharks are a little better, believe it or not, which is weird. But, well, Devin Dubnik's not their goalie anymore. They'd be like 31st. Okay, okay, I'm sorry. He recently signed, I believe, a minor league contract, didn't he? I do believe, yep, very recently. But with all due respect, uh, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. <laughs> third third in assist is Minnesota goals and assists. Sharks are down to 19th. Shooting percentage, Sharks are down to 17th. Everybody on the Wild has a high shooting percentage except poor Kevin Fiala. Time to break out of it, Kevin. Let's go. Break out of it. Wild penalty minutes are getting a little better. The Sharks are much more disciplined. They're 11th. Penalty kill second in the league for the Sharks. Wild are now up to 13th. Wow. The Wild have been red hot on the penalty kill. The power plays all the way down to 26th for Minnesota. Sharks 16th. Sharks very good in special teams, to be quite fair. Great penalty kill. So our power play might stink again tonight if they have the best penalty kill or second best penalty kill. The Wild are now 13th. It seems like yesterday we were one of the worst in the league. In fact, I think we were the worst for a minute there at the end of the day. Very talented club. But guys have been hurt off and on. They have uh, James Reiner of the goalie. is sick, apparently, just, just recently. Rudolph's Balsters, lower body injury as of July, uh, July, December the 5th. Jonah Godovich, God, Godjovich, rolls right off your tongue. Ankle left the game as of December the 2nd. 
those names just roll right off your tongue, don't they? Household names. Yeah, if you're in like super duper fantasy hockey, maybe you're like 40 teams or something. Yeah, they might be a, they might be on your lineup. Okay, I'm just messing around. <laughs> uh, obviously, there's some talented players on this roster. James Reimer has had a very good season. He really has. Uh, two goals against on the year. Save percentage 93-4, and he's gotten a shutout. Aiden Hill's been very respectable as well. It doesn't help that Reimer's sick, so that's a bummer. Uh, Aiden Hill's been respectable, 6-7 and seven on the year with his record, but goals against average kind of closer to where Kakinen is right now, 2.8, and save percentage about 91 and one shutout on the season. Timo Mayer's been awesome. Meyer, if I'm saying it correctly, 26 points on the year, 11 goals. Thomas Hurdle, maybe future Minnesota Wild. Leads the club with 12 goals, 17 total points. Logan Couture with 23 points. Uh, eight of those are goals on the season. Brent Burns, Brent Burns, as Jacques Lemaire used to call him, 15 points on the year. He, he He's a slow starter. Every year he starts slow like that, doesn't he? Every year. And the next thing you know, 60 points, 70 points. Watch out. Uh, I'm guaranteeing Brent Burns is going to factor in at least something against the Minnesota Wild, because he always does. Carlson had COVID protocol, uh, Eric Carlson, that is, had COVID protocol earlier in the season. He's back. He's been playing well. 16 points on the year. Seven goals, which leads all defense in for the Shocks. Uh, seven goals already. That's pretty good. Obviously, we all know the, the pirate as he is. Nick Benino has played in every game. He has four goals, and that's it. Nick Benino, former Minnesota Wild, and of course, uh, Ryan Donato is no longer on the Sharks. He's on the Seattle the Seattle Sea Monsters. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> they're not the Kraken. They're the Sea Monsters. They're not the Seahawks either. Okay, Cogliano, former Anaheim Duck, playing in the lower six there for that club. Former Duck, Jonathan Dolan. Not not Ulf or the other one in Buffalo, but Jonathan Dolan. <laughs> 12 points on the season for him. Minnesota should win this game, but we always play funny in San Jose. I don't know. We've had a weird history with the Sharks. Sometimes we get red hot and play great against them, and then next thing you know, we start losing to them. Uh, we've already lost to them this year, if I remember correctly. I had it up. Yeah, we yeah we lost four to one, man, earlier in the season. I wish they'd put the date up. They used to. Uh, otherwise, you have to dig through the schedule. Which, eh, come on now, <laughs> it should be the date should still be up there. That's bull crap. Minnesota, if you want to win this series, you got to win tonight. You got to tie this thing up <clears throat> immediately. It's a three-game series. Wraps up again in in uh, mid to late April. There, third week of the third week of April. <sighs> Boy, Sharks might be one of those funny teams that actually actually wins a season series versus them of the Wild this year. <sighs> they could. I I do not want to pick a loss in this game, but I think you know eventually you're you're not going to win every single game. Oh, I think I see one. I think I see. <laughs> okay, well, I'll say the Wild do beat the San Jose Sharks and win their sixth game in a row. We beat the San Jose Sharks tonight. Final score, three to two, something like that. Three to two, four to three. Uh, Kevin Fiala finally ends it with two goals. Two goals for Kevin Fiala versus the San Jose Sharks tonight. Two goals for Kevin Fiala versus the Sharks. Let's move on quickly here. I'm babbling too much. Los Angeles Kings. Los Angeles. Jonathan Quick is the Devin Dubnik of the Kings. Obviously, great history and all that. Well, maybe I should shut my mouth. He's playing way better now. He'd been terrible for a while, and now he's playing great. 2.27 goals against average. What the heck? Where, where, where have I been? 
<laughs> keeping up with the Wild, I guess. Well, they did recently lose 4 nothing to the Vancouver Canucks, and it was Kelvin Peterson in net that night. He's the one that's not doing so hot right now. 3.1 goals against average, 89. Save percentage for him, but Jonathan Quick? My goodness, it's 2012 again. Holy moly, man. Or even 2014. He's having a fantastic year. Good for him. Record is only 5-5, five and five, though, because there's just not a whole lot in front of him at the moment. Victor Arvidsson, former natural predator with 12 points in 17 games. Anze Kobotar a point a game on the season. He's obviously the best player in that club by far. He's fantastic. Brendan Lemieux, Lemieux once uh, again looked on as a promising player. Only 5 points so far this year in 14 games. He's been banged up. Philip Denault, Denault that was a name brought up to uh, Minnesota Wild, well, they wanted him. We wanted him to. We wanted the Wild to chase him in free agency, but that just didn't happen. They don't score a whole lot of goals. Their penalty kills not good. Their power plays okay. This and that, but Jonathan Quick, I'd say Quick and Kopitar are the two best players in the club. I'm sorry for talking trash about Jonathan Quick. He's uh, yeah, <laughs> and I look like an idiot right now, so I apologize for that. <laughs> Blake Lizotte, Blake Lizotte, COVID protocol. Andreas, yeah, <laughs> Athens, yo, with uh, he's also in COVID protocol, and Sean Walker, torn ACL and MCL in a cover, defenseman, torn ACL and MCL. Ugh. I believe he was involved in a. I think there was like a cheap shot play last year, like against him, not for him, but you know, not by him, but against him last year. Oh man, because I remember that that name really rings a bell. So the Wild actually have run seven in a row already. We'd be winning our, our eighth versus the Sharks. Can we beat the Kings? I, I think so. I think the Wild will beat the Kings. One of these games we're not going to win. I mean, there's no way we're going to go perfect again. And if we do, holy cow, I guess more power to us. Kings are two and three in their last five. They beat Ottawa 4-2 like everyone else. They lost in Anaheim. Again, Anaheim's been a little bit of a surprise this year. In fact, I'd say a pretty big surprise. They're third in the Western Conference right now. Anaheim. What? Wow. They lost to Calgary like most teams do. They beat Edmonton 5-1. to one. Yep, that was a surprise. And then shut out in Bruce Boudreaux's opener for the Vancouver Canucks. Minnesota won 3-2 and two, uh, three to two earlier in the year. We wrap up the season series on April the 10th. So, is this one of those trap games where the Minnesota Wild gets shut out by, not shut out, but shut down Maybe Jonathan Quick. I don't think Jonathan Quick's shutting the wild out. I'd be shocked. They're 500. They're not really in the mix, but you never know. Back in the day, 500 made the playoffs. It's kind of funny what's going to happen versus the uh, Los Angeles Kings. Uh, the wild should win the game, right? They should. Uh, California can be a pain in the butt. It has been in the past. The Sharks, the Ducks, and the Kings. Oftentimes in the past, the Wild went 0-3 or 1-2 in the, in, in, the, in the group, but we're not playing the Ducks this time around, just the Sharks and the Kings, interestingly. Uh, the Wild should win the game, right? We should win the game. I want to see Capo Kakinen in that. Maybe this game is, is a good game because they don't score a whole lot. And get, I mean, Capo Kakinen needs action. You can't play Talbot every night. And Capo Kakinen, I think, could be a starting goalie in the NHL. Some of you might look at me and be like, what? I do think Cabo Kakinen has starting goalie uh, abilities. I think he's starting goalie material in the league. Maybe not superstar, but starter. This and that. Um, 
Wild will win the game, lower, slightly lower scoring. I think it's going to be like 3-2 to two again, maybe even 3-1, to one, like empty net. 3-2, to two. let's go with 3-2. to two. Most likely guy to score in this one will be Kirill Kaprizov. He scored his first goal against this club, and he just continues to dominate. I think Kaprizov gets at least one of the three goals in the Wild win versus the Kings. Let's keep moving. Let's move on to the Vegas Golden Knights. Vegas Golden Knights. Unfortunately, I think this is the loss of the group. Or actually, maybe Carolina. Carolina is obviously absolutely fantastic. Uh, Alec Martinez. Facial laceration as of November the 11th. Huh. Nolan Patrick. Upper body injury October the 24th. That can't be good. So that's like forever. Undisclosed injury for Leighton Ahak. Okay. Right. Leighton Ahak. Okay. Uh, don't look now, but Vegas is now uh, fourth place in their division and only five points behind the Calgary Flames, who are only two points behind us. Vegas is catching up a little bit. Three and two in their last five. They've won three games in a row. They beat the Wild three to two earlier this season. Something about this matchup, it's the worm has turned in this matchup, let me tell you. It used to be, oh, Vegas, no matter how good Vegas was and how mediocre the Wild were years ago, we'd always beat Vegas. Remember the year they went to the cup final? We swept their butts. We, we swept Vegas that year. That's weird, isn't it? And we continue to play well against Vegas. I think we lost once to them the next year, if I remember correctly. But generally speaking, we've dominated Vegas. And now they're, the worm feels like it's turned a bit. Uh, they're starting to get healthier a little bit. Mark Stone is finally playing again, and he's over a point a game. So Mark Stone really making up for time lost. Fantastic playmaker. Again, I actually think Kirill Kaprizov is similar to him in a lot of ways. Kirill Kaprizov is definitely a better goal scorer than Mark Stone. Definitely a better goal scorer than Mark Stone. And again, the Toronto game actually was a, shoot, a shootout. And Kirill Kaprizov had that spectacular goal in that one. So Kirill Kaprizov definitely has more goal scoring ability. Um, and I apologize for calling it a 4-3 win versus the Toronto Maple Leafs. It's like yeah, how it went to the shootout. Fiala was actually the only guy who didn't score. And then as I'm backtracking here for a second, he was actually the only guy who didn't score in that one. It was kind of funny. Kaprizov, though, had the move of the night big time. I was going to get to that, and then I just never did because I'm an idiot. I was talking about it. I was hinting at it earlier in the show, and then I never got around to the actual shootout part. But shootouts, we don't, <laughs> shootouts, you don't want to talk about those a whole lot. But still, when you have a guy like Kirill Kaprizov who can put on a show, even in the, sh you know, in the shootout, it's getting fun. The shootouts are getting a little better because of that reason where star players are making great plays. Uh, Max Pacioretty's back as well. Again, those two guys, they, they, there's a reason why Vegas stunk at the beginning of the year because their star players were hurt. I mean, you know, just like Max Pacioretty wasn't in the whole series versus Minnesota until the seventh game, and he was a factor in that game, and the uh, Vegas Knights beat us. Mark Stone, again, 12 assists on the season. 15 points in 13 games. Good to have him back. It's good for hockey to have Mark Stone back on the ice and see the Vegas Golden Knights who have now won three in a row, as I mentioned earlier. <sighs> they're scoring goals now. They're sixth in the league. I mean, they weren't scoring anything early, but uh, it's just a different club. 7-1 to one crushing over Arizona on December the 3rd. Edmonton, they lost in Edmonton 3-2. to two. They lost in Anaheim 6-5. to five. Epic battle there. They beat Calgary the other night, December the 5th. That was a big-time win for the Vegas Golden Knights and then beat the Stars last night on TNT. You could call it Hockey Night. I just call it NHL on TNT, I guess. 5-4 to four victory for Vegas. They're just getting better and better. Where Dallas was up 3-1 to one in that game, and Vegas came roaring back. They said, screw that. <laughs> We're not going to lose to you guys. You guys aren't that good. Um, huge, huge win 
for Vegas. I don't think the Wild beat Vegas in this game. I think it's going to be 4-2 Vegas, unfortunately. Maybe an empty netter. Maybe it goes to a shootout and it registers as 4-3, something like that. But I think Vegas beats the Wild, unfortunately. And the winning streak ends at... at uh, it would be nine games, a nine-game winning streak. Pretty impressive, but a nine-game winning streak, in my opinion, anyway, ends in Las Vegas. Most likely going to score in this game, let's go with Matt Dumba versus the Vegas Golden Knights, but a 4-3 to three shootout, overtime, whatever the heck. It's going to be a close, close game all the way to the end, but I think Vegas squeaks it out and beats the Wild and keeps their... Uh, keeps their streak alive. They're going to be a dangerous team this year, but who's to say the Wild can't beat Vegas in a seven-game series? I think they absolutely can moving forward. As we try to move on to the final game here versus the Carolina Hurricanes. They're number one in the league in goal. Uh, number one in goals against, anyway. Frederick Anderson is having a fantastic season for the Toronto Maple Leafs, allowing only two goals a game. Save percentage about 93 and only one shutout. He had a goals against average that good. Consistency, baby. Sebastian Ajo is leading the club in goals and points overall and assists. <laughs> 27. He's a dominant player. Svechnikov, Svechnikov Tony D'Angelo, Vincent Trochak, the former Florida Panther, <laughs> Tevo Trevenin, absolutely super talented roster. You know, Niederreiter missed a few games. He has 11 points. He's been better than last year. Last year he was invisible. He did not have a good year last year. The veteran Jordan Stahl, still, still a factor. He's been there for a long time now. Ian Cole's got three points in 24 games. The ever-solid defenseman that we do miss, but we have had some nice replacements for him. Uh, the Minnesota Wild got some nice replacements anyway. This one will be on ESPN+. Plus Next Tuesday, Svechnikov, though, unfortunately, upper body injury. We'll see if he's able to come back. I'm not sure how serious it is, but uh, we'll find out, I guess. Upper body injury on December the 4th. Jordan Martinuk, ankle, left the game on December the uh, 2nd. Tony D'Angelo, COVID protocol as of November 29th. I got to think he'll be back by then, but you never know. Everybody's different, I guess. At the end of the day, Frederick Anderson and Sebastian Aho definitely leading this club in a lot of ways. December 14th in, in the X, and Carolina hosts the Wild on April 2nd. April 2nd. Yep, Carolina as is uh, two and three in their last five again the injuries do not help significant injuries to Carolina maybe the wild take advantage injuries and sickness that is um, Carolina is very dangerous I think the wild could absolutely not uh, could absolutely lose this game maybe the wild have a too quick uh, quick little two game losing streak or maybe this is the game <laughs> where the wild end up not winning I believe we had 10, 10 wins in a row and then had it snapped by Carolina the wild absolutely can beat Carolina there's no question about that super talented team. They've been a tough, they've been very tough against Minnesota over the years. Even when they weren't super good, they've been a tough team to deal with. And when they are good, they're almost impossible to beat. Like back in the day, I always go back to when uh, <laughs> guys like Rod Brindamore were still playing and they won the Stanley Cup in 2006. They crushed the Wild 7-2 to I remember years ago in the X. It was just like, whoa! It was very impressive and that's when I first really realized this could be this is not only a good team, they might win the Stanley Cup, which sounds weird. Carolina, Stanley Cup? Yep. And I, and I picked them last year to win it, and no, they didn't. <laughs> last year in the playoffs, anyway, uh, before the playoffs started. Um, Minnesota wins. Minnesota wins 2-1. to 2-1. Two to one. Minnesota squeaks out a close one. Ryan Hartman scores a clutch goal late in the game, and the Minnesota Wild escape. 
Maybe Brodine adds, adds an empty netter and make it 3-1. to one. But I will say officially 2-1 to one victory for Minnesota. Cam Talbot stops, you know, 30-plus shots. Has a great, 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 great night. And Ryan Hartman is clutch and delivers at the end of the day. I apologize. I almost never mentioned his name with the goal scoring lately when he's the top goal scorer on the team. I, I can see him. Just I just saw his name, and I'm like, yeah, he, he'll be due for that big clutch goal. And the Wild defeat the Carolina Hurricanes. With that, let's take a look at the prospects, shall we? And as per usual, we will open things up with the Iowa Wild. Kyle Rowles leading that club in scoring. They got shut out the other day, which uh, back on the weekend, which was a little frustrating. And of course, you have to wait three, four, five days for the next game. It's like, come on. Tired of waiting. Mason Shaw, by the way, has been called up by the Minnesota Wild. Mason Shaw called up by the Minnesota Wild. Maybe he scores tonight versus the Sharks. Wouldn't that be cool? That'd be awesome. Mason Shaw called up by the Minnesota Wild. So, now I'm just super curious here. Uh, I'm looking forward to see how that goes, how it turns out. He was actually already on the roster versus Edmonton, but again was uh, scratched, which I thought, yes, yeah, he was he was on the roster but scratched. I'm not sure why I call him up then, uh, but maybe he can be a weapon here. We'll see, but uh, Mason Shaw, it's been a long, long time in coming, and of course still a very young guy, but, you know, he's been in the system for a bit here. Kyle Rao and Marco Rossi leading the club in scoring. Marco Rossi back playing again, which is good, did not factor in the scoring. Uh, again, they got shut out on the weekend, but lost 4-3 to three last night in the shootout. The only uh, major prospect that factored in the scoring was Nick Sweeney getting his 8th goal of the season, so happy for him. He he started off red hot, and then just kind of completely stopped. He just hit like a wall or something, like a rookie wall, even though he's not a rookie at this point. He's 23 now. But uh, hit a wall and hadn't scored until last night, but a 4-3 to three loss there. As for the, uh, well, I'll get back to them in a second. Matt Boldy still had a point a game, but again, not much factoring in the scoring here when it comes to the main players. Kyle Rao and Joe Hicketts just being a factor in everything over and over and over and over again. You could argue Kyle Rao is the best player on the roster other than Mark Rossi down there. Uh, Kaelin Addison, only six assists on the season in 13 games. He, obviously, less games than other players because he was in the NHL for a while. And even uh, Kevin Kazuzman is on the Minnesota Wild uh, right now, but, you know, getting scratched it's like their insurance replacements, I, I, I guess, like injuries or sick, sickness, that kind of thing, maybe for the road trip. That must be why they, they did that, where Mason Shaw can help out, this and that. Maybe they suspect something, somebody's not feeling good or something, but uh, hard to say. Hunter Jones is back up with Iowa and out of the ECHL. I'm sure he's happy to be away from the Iowa Hardlanders, who've been shut out two games in a row now. 4 nothing, 4 nothing. What the bleep? What the bleep? Hunter Jones in one game. He did lose... But two goals against, that must have been, obviously was pulled in the game, made 30 saves. Hunter Jones, yeah, I'm, I'm guessing they figured he's not going to progress well with how things are going in Iowa, the Iowa Heartlanders at the moment. But uh, again, both minor league systems, not a great week for either team. No wins whatsoever. Uh, luckily, Hicketts, guys like Hicketts, Rao, and Nick Sweeney factoring in the scoring this past week. Adam Beckman's also been pretty quiet lately, which is a bummer. Beckman, Addison, guys like that have been quite quiet. And uh, we'll see what happens. Boldy, hope they can get things rolling again pretty soon as well. That would be fantastic. Um, 
Let's try to move on here because uh, it looks like the minor league system. Yep, and uh, Alexander Hovenov's been in three games for Iowa so far and has a minus two, and that's about all, folks, <laughs> unfortunately. Carson Lambos still 19 games, 18 points. Nothing to say there. Jack Pert had a huge week with uh, four points, two goals, two assists now. Uh, eight, two goals and eight assists overall, 10 points for Jack Pert. Uh, actually, he had all, all assists, four assists. 10 total points, though, now on the season. Huge, huge weekend last week. Four points. Hopefully Jack Burke can keep that up. Really nice to see him. Uh, he was the player of the week with the MNW Prospects, which was uh, very exciting, to be quite frank, for the youngster. Caden Bankier, he's now at 22 games. 21 total points. The center for the Kamloops Blazers. Again, 10 goals, 11 assists. He's been very solid all season. Kyle Mosters with 6 points in 26 games for the Red Deer Rebels. Very familiar WHL club. WHL, Western Hockey League. He is a plus 14 on the season. Kyle Masters has been solid there. Josh Pilar, 29 points in 22 games. Dominating in a big way. Already reached last season's total. Funny though, he's actually at the, on the same pace. So... It'd be nice to see him move on, move on to the AHL next season. If if he's kind of kind of just kind of plateauing there in the WHL, oof, uh oh, he's <laughs> like almost exactly the same. The only thing missing is the five penalty minutes, uh, two less goals, but two more assists. Blah 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 blah. He's a plus eleven, which is all identical. It's weird, weird. Uh, Josh Pilar, I think overall he'll have a better season. Nate Benoit though, adding another point, getting his second assist now. He scored his first goal last week. Now 20, uh, he's now on three, uh, three points in 19 games. Nate Benoit has been putting points a little bit, finally. <laughs> uh, Marek Huznadinov at 11 points in 29 games thus far, plus five. As I'm jumping all over the place, kind of Europe and juniors, might as well. Uh, the Sioux Greyhounds, again, Ryan O'Rourke, almost a point a game. He's dominating there. Can't wait to see him in the AHL. I think he's definitely ready for professional hockey one way or another. 16 assists on the season. He's been all over the place. 30, 33 penalty minutes or PIMS or whatever you want to call it. He's only a plus one on the season, but they're, they're not doing as good as they were last year. But uh, Ryan Aurora continues to get better and better and better. Damon Hunt continues to be something. The scoring not so high at the moment, but still playing a huge role. Huge factor for the Moose Jaw Warriors. Again, believed to be an NHL, a legitimate NHL prospect, and he absolutely is, being a 65th pick in the draft in 2020 and showing all the signs of NHL material, the toughness, eh, stick-to-itiveness, all that good stuff. Damon Hunt, 16 points in 22 games. Pavel Novak is dominating the Kelowna Rockets right now, dominating, 26 points for him, at only age of 19, 11 goals in 21 games, 26 total points. He's a plus seven. He just keeps getting better and better. Certainly wasn't as visible last season, generally speaking. But of course, he was uh, off. Uh, he was off overseas and wasn't was wasn't doing a whole lot of scoring, but absolutely dominating now. Again, another guy. I can't wait to see him in the American Hockey League coming up. Uh, let's look at Jasper Wallstedt. Not sure. They're kind of moving him around, so still. Uh, not, not a whole lot to say with him at the moment. I think he's been missing games, which is uh, unfortunate. Uh, Vladislav Firstov, University of Connecticut. He's been kind of in and out. 
Unfortunately for him, eight points in 12 games thus far, five goals for him for University of Connecticut. A Russian at the University of Connecticut, Matt V. Guskov, six points in 23 games. The games keep coming, and he doesn't score too much, unfortunately, but it is the KHL, a little bit tougher place to score, unless you're one of the real high-end players. Marshall Warren now at eight points in 14 games, three goals, five assists for Boston College. Marshall Warren, Nikita Nesterenko, Definitely at a better pace than last season and shows the toughness, scoring ability for uh, Boston College, of course, still only in his sophomore year. Really looking forward to his career. I think he's got NHL in his future. I do, even though he was a six-round pick. Signs point that he could be an NHL guy. Of course, again, college to pro is a tough, tough, tough... It's a very tough uh, projection. You just never know. Uh, and again, seventh-round pick with Nick Sweeney. I, I think he could make it in the NHL, but probably, again, is maybe a Brandon Duhame who can score a bit. A little bit higher-scoring version of Brandon Duhame maybe in the NHL, which is, again, nothing wrong with that. Uh, Nikita Nestorenko looks more like a skill guy to me than a, than a tough guy, so to speak. Sweeney's kind of a mix. Uh, he, he puts the puck on that. He's like a natural goal scorer who can add a little toughness as well. Uh, certainly has leadership ability. Speaking of toughness, you got Jack McBain. Again, 20 points now in 15 games. Not quite at the crazy pace he was earlier, but still well above a point a game with 9 goals in 15 games. 20 total points on the season. He's a plus 7. Love the big, giant Jack McBain. Sam Henches, yep, he's been out. He's been out. 5 points, 5 games, that's it. He's been out. Sam Henches has been out, which is <clears throat> quite unfortunate. To say the least, Philip Johansson's, yeah, it's like, he did this last year where he started hot, <clears throat> and then there wasn't a whole lot after that. Seven points for Philip Johansson in, in ten games. Wow, he's fantastic. It's 24 games now. Seven points. But at least he's a plus eight, and he plays a bit of that high IQ game, which we all appreciate. He's just not standing out a whole lot. Neither is Simon Johansson. Uh, either, but uh, I suppose 11 points in 27 games is nothing to sneeze at, but it is in a smaller league at the end of the day. He's not in the uh, top league there. Like Philip Johansson in Swedish one league. Um, so that's pretty much where we stand with the prospects. Again, Jesper Wallstad, not sure what's going on there, and that's unfortunate. Nice week by Jack Pert. Guys like that, Pavel Novak, guys like that are really standing out. Nikita Nesterenko. Those are probably the best prospects for this week, in my humble opinion. But Jack Pert definitely earned his award on MNW Prospects at the end of the day. So with that, we'll take a break and look at Fan Interaction. back here on Brave the Wild, the final segment of this episode, Fan Interaction segment, and hopefully the funnest for a lot of you. <clears throat> Let's get to the Twitter account, at Brave the Wild, at Brave the Wild, as hashtag BTWMN, hashtag BTWMN, that way I can have it all organized, humanly possible, comments, questions, interactions, this and that. I was mentioning that Kirill Kaprizov is on pace for 99 points, Ryan, pa Ryan Hartman is on pace for 44 goals. And 72 points, pretty insane. And that went viral. Wow, I don't have a lot of stuff that goes viral. That went very viral. 
holy crap, man. A lot of my stuff, it goes through maybe a few hundred, maybe a thousand people. 21,000 plus impressions. Wow. That actually went very... I, I, uh, cool. <laughs> cool. I'm not sure if it helped the show any, but, uh, well, it's an exciting stat that people were looking at and like, wow. Yeah. Yep. That was fun. I didn't even know that. It's like, okay, cool. It's like I didn't get any notifications. Maybe when it gets to a certain point, it just stops. I guess that's where like a, an actual celebrity or something or like big name writer or something that gets 10,000 retweets or something, you know, like Karul Kaprizov signs for five years, nine million. Yeah, that kind of thing. Derek Felska says, got a question on your mind. Just tag your question and tap and ask as many questions as you wish. Yeah, and please do. Please do out there and yep and tag it. Hashtag BTWMN. Yep, that's what you do, and then it keeps it organized. It makes it easy, and I will not miss your comment, question, interaction. Crease and assist at Crease and Assist, Derek Felska. Yes, sir. Thank you so much for the share. And he asked a, uh, a number of questions as well, and I really appreciate it. He says the Vancouver Canucks have hired Bruce Boudreaux and the Philadelphia Flyers have hired Mike Yo as interim head coach. Should we let Jacques, Jacques Lemaire, Todd Richards, and John Tarchetti know so they can expect to step into any other NHL coaching vacancies? Pardon me, I'm starting to mumble. I apologize. Uh, yes, yes, let them know Jacques Lemaire. I, I know he hangs out in Toronto a bit. He hangs out in Florida a bit. Though unfortunately, I don't think those jobs are available right now. Um, I will coach the Florida Panthers, you know. No, and I don't think Cooper's giving up in Tampa Bay anytime soon. Todd Richards is probably the worst of the bunch. I don't know. He, I, I just didn't feel any vibe from him whatsoever when he was coach of the Wild for two years. I was surprised when Chuck Fletcher made the move to fire him just two years into his coaching tenure, but I was like, good. Uh, was Mike Yo an upgrade? Um, you be the judge on that one. I, I, I don't know. I don't. Yes, no. He, he was a slight upgrade. John Torchetti, I actually liked him quite a bit, though. Uh, he was kind of more wide open, though. Like, not much balance, just kind of offense, 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 but still cool guy, had an awesome accent, very strong Boston kind of voice. There's a lot of Boston in hockey, isn't there? There's a lot, just like Palm Fitzgerald. Yeah, you got to check that out on uh, <laughs> on uh, Russo's uh, Straight from the Source, Palm Fitzgerald. He was actually a finalist for the general manager job and lost out to Paul Benton. But uh, I do believe Tom Fitzgerald would still be the general manager of the Wild today if the Wild made that decision. Who knows how that would have turned out. He's now the GM of the New Jersey Devils, so he turned out okay. Bottom line, he kind of hung around there and ultimately got the main job. Yep. Uh, but yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely, hey. I mean, Jean-Claude Lemaire, I don't think he's going <laughs> to coach anymore. Todd Richards, uh, assistant coach with the National Predators, if I remember correctly. And Torchetti's been kind of all over in juniors and such in Canada. Derek asked another one. The Toronto Maple Leafs, Jason Spezza, also admitted he faked getting slashed to draw a late penalty against the Minnesota Wild. Should we issue suspensions for fakers before he becomes soccer on ice? Yes. Yes, that's bullcrap. And then he says, I see he got suspended for another hit, but still. Hashtag karma. Yep. Hashtag karma. I, yeah. I, I think it should. I don't like how soccer does that. They're like laying on the ground and stuff. Luckily, the refs in soccer are like, whatever, when they see a guy laying there. But it's still dumb. Dumb as hell. And like, people just lay there like they tore an ACL or something. Uh, so sometimes, I swear, they're just kind of trying to maybe catch their breath, too. Because I can't imagine being a soccer player with that field. Call me ignorant. Call me stupid. 
Soccer fields are too damn big. That's what kind of makes it not very entertaining for me. It's too big. Like 99% of the game is just bum 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 The ball's just bouncing off to two different players back and forth, like playing Pong with the two sticks like an inch apart, and the ball's just going... You know, it's just... That's how I see soccer. I don't know. Yep, you might as well just play Pong. Okay, you get the idea. Uh, Barrick again, uh, another one says, which Minnesota Wild prospect, Minnesota Wild prospect, do you think will have the biggest impact at the upcoming 2021-22 Junior Championships, World Junior Championships, Merrick Huznadinov, Team Russia, Pavel Novak, Team Czech Republic, Jasper Wallstead, Team Sweden, or Lambos Hunt Aurorik, Team Canada, eh? It's an interesting... I could see Huznadinov standing out in a big way. It seems like his kind of thing. It does. It seems like his kind of thing, and he's been around a little teeny bit longer, even though he's very young than the others. Novak, I think, is going to have a huge... Man, I think a lot of these guys are going to stand out. I think it's going to be Huznadinov, though. Yeah, I, I'll stick with Huznadinov. I, I, I could just imagine him having some huge highlight plays down the stretch. Um... And he's, he's played professional hockey already and in the junior leagues. A, a number of these guys did play a little bit of professional hockey at the end of the day. So it's going to be super interesting how that turns out. But, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I think it's who's Nijinov, though. Um, he says, are there any pro- other prospects from the last three, four drafts that you feel have kind of gone belly up and are bust now? If so, who and why? How dare you add who and why? <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Gone belly up from the last three or four drafts. Oh, yeah, everything closed on me. Adam Beckman, damn it. No, no, no. I'm just kidding. But luckily, yep, this came up pretty quick. Tim Henshin's been banged up a little bit, but no, I don't think he's gone belly up or anything. Um, Lately, kind of... Kind of DeWers certainly quieted down this season. No, no, no. Gir- Giroux. I'm, I don't know why I get those two guys mixed up. Connor Giroux has, got, has gone down a bit. He's only four points in 19 games. After a fairly solid season last year, showed promise, and he's a minus nine. I, I, I don't know what's going on with Connor Giroux. I think he's gone belly up a little bit lately. Just generally in that case. Just generally. You know, he's not playing well in Iowa. So that would be the quote-unquote why in that case. Like seems like he he's not as he's not as good lately. Uh, first off, it's hard to say what's going on with him. Boldy obviously he's had injuries. He's hurt again, but it's not as serious. Uh, the last two drafts, I can't say anybody. I think they look all pretty damn good so far, and some of them are too early to say, like Benoit and Masters, guys like that. Jasper Wallstead, too early to say. Hovenoff has gone belly up a little bit so far. I expected him to be in the uh, either dominating the AHL or in the NHL right now. And he's definitely gone belly up a bit uh, lately. I don't know. Hey, three games, no points in the AHL, and he was he was he was doing decent in the ECHL. I hope he's not. <clears throat> I hope he's not another D- Dmitry Solikov. It's just to a uh, Sokolov part of me. He's been he's been frustrating thus far uh, in four games in the KHL. Sokolov one goal. Una goal, Una, thus far, unfortunately for him. So pretty much, I would say, Kulika, uh, Kovanov, Kovanov, sorry, uh, Kovanov and Giroux have been disappointing thus far. Giroux, I don't know why I mixed him up with Dewar. Dewar has been very good. 
to where it could be a, at least a fourth or third line player in the NHL, kind of like uh, Brennan DeHaim. But Giroux definitely has dropped off this year, unfortunately. Boudreaux went belly up. Yeah, he's just kind of kind of like floating around out there. He's 22 already, and he's in the ECHL. He's doing okay in the ECHL. Yay, <laughs> the ECHL. So obviously not with the wild system anymore. So they kind of gave up on him already. They didn't bring him back. Let's continue. Let's continue before I babble myself away. Derek Velskog again says, uh, Anaheim's Trevor Zigris pulled off a new version of the Michigan goal or lacrosse goal. Was that the most impressive play in the NHL in the last five years? I'd say it's definitely up there. <laughs> I'd say it's definitely up there. It's pretty crazy at the end of the day. It's definitely way up there. I just had to kind of, <laughs> I had to kind of pull it up again. It's definitely way, way, way up there. It was, uh, <laughs> it ended up being an assist, if I remember correctly. Um, it's way at the top. Yeah, I would say it's either the most impressive or top three in the last five years. Uh, behind the net, just lifting the puck over into the goalie. Basically a spectacular play. No question about it. Bringer of Snow says, uh, let's see what's going on. Derek Felsker says, why does why does the Toronto Maple Leafs fan base whine more than the rest of the league? Could it be more, or could it be that they haven't done a damn thing since 1967? Yeah, it, it could be, and plus the fact that how they get the most attention pretty much in Canada at the same time. A bringer of snow was replying to us saying, no, he didn't say that. He said the stick hit him across the nerve. Nice try, though. Yep, so it's like, yeah, they do whine a lot. No question about it, and I think uh, it could be that they haven't done a thing since 67, yeah. They made it to the conference finals once in like the mid-90s, I think it was, but they didn't get they didn't get there, unfortunately. Uh, MN Johan says, how do the Minnesota Wild handle Captain Smurgeon coming back? Who comes out? I know there was a little reply there. Tom Hayen said, either Ben, Ben, or Ben. <laughs> MN Johan says, I'm sure I'd listen to Thoughts of Resting Merrill as well. And Morty says, Ben. Probably Ben, unfortunately, Jordy Ben. Uh, it kind of is what it is. But it wouldn't be bad to rest Merrill maybe for a game or something, but depending on how Ben's been playing, Ben's Ben playing, pun intended, right? So uh, most likely that's where they're going to head. Brian Herrera says, What player do you think can do the Macarena the best? Where did this come from? <laughs> Marcus Felino. No, I, I think of any of them, it's got to be Dumba, right? It's either, well, it's either Felino or Dumba, since those two guys are kind of the energy guys on the team, and what was it, they led a dance party on the bus or something, that was Marcus Felino. So, it's one of those two. I think Dumba. Dumba, because he's like, he's kind of a little younger, that kind of thing, I don't know, and he's super duper energetic. But it's got to be one of those two. <laughs> yep, thanks for adding a little humor there. Jay Bushy says, with the way the Minnesota Wild are playing now, it seems <clears throat> like the team has very good chemistry. If a trade opportunity for a rental center or a good center with term left as a GM, would you make a trade to try to upgrade or leave your team intact? It kind of depends on what they want to give up or what they want you to give up, that type of thing, because you don't want to rip the whole team apart. Uh, obviously there's good prospects in the system and there's always a fear to give players up as well. At the same time, you can't count on prospects to translate to the National Hockey League all the time either. Uh, 
God, that's tough. It's really tough. It kind of depends on who it is, like Thomas Thomas Hurdle. I trust Bill Guerin if he is to make a move for, say, a Thomas Hurdle, that he wouldn't he he wouldn't make the kind of move that would mess everything up. It would be like the Fiala Greenway type of move. I, I don't think Fiala or Greenway getting traded would kill the team. I don't. Uh, Greenway's well liked. Fiala is respected and a very very talented guy who could score forty goals in this league. Fiala could be a forty goal scoring player. He he's got that kind of talent. Absolutely. And I, I think he should score forty goals. Damn it. Um, but. You know, those are the kind of moves that would have to be, probably. I can't imagine giving up first-round picks or anything unless it's like a, a no, no-brainer no type of a move. Like a healthy Jack Eichel, maybe. That would have been a no-brainer move. But it's like, you don't know with the, with the neck injuries and such. That's always scary. And Vegas did give up a lot to get him, and we'll see. Maybe they'll end up being a, a champion at the end of the day because they've been so damn close every year <laughs> since their inauguration in the league. Uh, but I know it seems like they're getting a little bit further and further away from being that team, though. Unfortunately, now uh, the chemistry certainly hasn't been the same in uh, Vegas. But of course, when you have Mark Stone in the lineup, though, whew, whew, the the chemistry is a lot better with him around for so many reasons. Oh, I went all over the place, but I, I I don't see him tearing the locker room apart because things are so good right now, and you don't want to bring in somebody that you know is going to change it too much. That's the thing. So it it kind of depends. Derek Felska says, It's been reported that the city of Glendale, Arizona is thinking of locking the doors to the Arizona Coyotes for not paying bills, uh, not paying its bills to use Gilta River Arena. Do you think it's time for the NHL to step in and just take the franchise back, move it to Quebec or Houston? Yeah, I think so. I think so. Um, that's not a bad idea. I would love to see them in Quebec. Houston, it's like, I don't know. A lot of people think, we want hockey in Houston and this and that. Well, I guess so, if it doesn't work out in Quebec. But I would go with Quebec first, if possible. I want to see the Quebec Nordiques again, damn it. I have a winter hat, and I love that winter hat. Uh, I, I really do. I would love to see the Quebec Nordiques again. Of course, yeah, if they pull a Winnipeg Jets, like when the, when the Thrashers moved there or whatever, and completely changed everything, the logo and design, I'll be very disappointed, to be quite frank. It doesn't have to be exactly the same. Maybe a modernized version of the same scheme and everything, and they still have the same logo. Uh, maybe if you want to pretty it up a tiny bit, but bring back the Quebec Nordiques. Quebec Nordiques all the way. Houston, well, I hope it's the arrows then, because I like the airplanes and everything. I love airplanes, and you don't get a whole lot of that in sports these days, o only in like minor leagues and maybe some, some uh, you know, some college and, and stuff like that. But I, I want to see airplanes if it's if it's Houston. Go with those Houston arrows or aeroplanes, that type of thing. Thank you so much, everyone, for the interaction. That was awesome. I think there's more notifications, but a lot of that's kind of on and on conversation, this and that. Boy, Tom Hayen loves to say circle the wagons, doesn't he? He says get plenty of AMP, Monster, Kickstart, and Rondo so you can stay up to watch the Minnesota Wild circle the wagons against the guppies tonight. <laughs> circle the wagons, circle the wagons, circle the wagons. Derek Felska shared Jolt, an image of Jolt. That is double the caffeine of the average pop, as we say in Minnesota. We we call it pop. All of you like to say soda, but I say pop, damn it. Most Minnesotans do anyway. Um, thank you again for all the interactions. Gotta, sell it, gotta say that. Major shout out and be, be, very proud to be a part of uh, MNW Prospects. 
Pavel Bennett, who founded it <clears throat> out of the Czech Republic. Again, he's probably a big fan of Pavel Novak, and I'm not saying that just because he's from Czech Republic, but obviously he is a fan of his, and I'm, I'm sure he really enjoys covering the European players out there. Yep, we cover all the Minnesota Wild prospects because there was always that hope that a star would emerge, and finally that guy did emerge, Kirill Kaprizov, big time. And there could be others emerging as well, Boldy and Rossi and beyond, like a Beckman and such. Um, <clears throat> but uh, yeah, Pablo Bonnet covers the European part of it. Then you have Justin Baki, who covers like the pros, and Brandon Quast, who keeps up with the uh, college and I would and some of the juniors. They mix in some of the juniors like OHL, WHL, and such. They kind of share those. Um, and then I, I was covering the, uh, the Q, the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League and the British Columbia Hockey League whenever the Wild have prospects there. Unfortunately, we don't have any prospects there at the moment, but when we do again, I'll be very happy to cover those guys again. So much fun, like Hovanov and such, and Nikita Nesterenko last year, respectively, and Sean Budrias, who unfortunately is no longer with the, uh, organization, so to speak, in the grapevine. Shoutouts also to Minnesota Wild Global, Scott Cavendish, Chance Kostick, David Kostick, uh, Kathy Main, Chad Walski, awesome guy, David Abraham, Michael Fick. Absolutely love that page. and big, a big fan of it in a lot of ways. Minnesota Wild Nation, Patrick Turner, awesome guy as well. Huge shoutouts to all of you. Please write a positive rating for Brave the Wild on Apple Podcasts, uh, Stitcher, or Audible. Those of you that have, thank you so much. And those of you that could, thank you so much in advance if you could do that. Uh, write a positive rating. Tell your friends about the show. You could also get on board if you want to uh, <clears throat> interact with the show with your uh, with the audio submission. You could use your voice on the show. All you do is uh, open the free voice recording application on your smart device, press record, treat it like a phone call, just kind of talk, blah, blah, blah. You know, like obviously talk wild, comment about this, comment about that. You could talk about any number of topics. And then when you hit stop, save it, and then share it, share it or email it to PaladinoLive at Yahoo.com, PaladinoLive at Yahoo.com. All this information will be in the show description. Do download the Vigit application. It is fantasy betting. It's a lot of fun. You don't use any money wagering whatsoever. You bet free coins and win real prizes. Highly recommend it. If you want to join it, please make a referral to PaladinoLive, PaladinoLive. That will be in the show description. It is one word. Also, if you want to get into cryptocurrency, I'll have a link on there as well in the show description. Crypto.com. You uh, mentioned me as a referral simply by clicking on that link and downloading the app. And when it asks for a referral, it has the little code, whatever. You just put that in there and uh, we both get $25. That would help this show in a great way, in a great way. And you can get into cryptocurrency trading. Anything from Bitcoin down to Shiba, Dogecoin, <laughs> Zombie Inu, which is extremely exciting out there as well. That uh, actually isn't on crypto yet, but uh, it will be someday. But uh, Shiba, Doge, Elon, all these different possibilities. You can even PM me on Twitter, Facebook, places like that if you want to. Ask for any type of ideas, maybe what to get into and such. I'll be more than happy to at least give some suggestions at the very least. And the fees are extremely inexpensive. Let me tell you, extremely. It's a very tiny percentage. So oftentimes it's less than a dollar per trade. So... Not bad at all. With that said, thank you everybody for listening to the show. Hopefully the Wilds continue their great run. Stop staring at the standings and hope for the Stanley Cup instead. I'd rather finish fourth place and win the Stanley Cup at the end of the day. (laughs) That's what matters ten times more than any President's Trophy. With that said, take care and talk to you next week.
Thank you.